Hello and welcome to the BTF podcast. That is the Back to Football podcast, the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. Somehow we're already in February 2021. Uh, we're on the 3rd of February today. It's uh, it's a Wednesday, I think, boys. Um, I've fully lost track of the days. I know that is one of the COVID cliches. What day of the week is it? I've lost track now because I'm always at home, but it genuinely is true i never really know um what day it is um we've got a trio here on the pod at the moment we're live on twitch by the way twitch.tv forward slash the btf podcast if you're listening on spotify you could have uh, seen this go out live yesterday so uh, get your shit together um and watch us on twitch next week and get in the comment section and give us some stick uh, we would really appreciate that but yeah there's a trio in the studio at the moment we might have a quad um coming up if uh if mr john miller um can finish all his tasks and i i, I won't use the phrase get his shit together because I, I know uh, john Aldini has just told me that he's actually um doing a lot of domestic stuff that uh we don't necessarily have to do in our lives so fair play to john right now let's introduce uh the co-hosts that are present in the studio first up we've got mr greg hollands greg tmr how are you yeah all good man not too bad not too bad Sweet. Um, I know um, we're going to come on to it a little bit later, but you're a bit out of 10 at the moment. What's your attitude towards football? One being absolutely sick of it. 10 being you can't wait for the next game. Um, we're down there in the bottom. We're, I think this podcast is keeping me at like a tour of three. Okay. But without the pod, we're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perilous waters, perilous waters. Yeah, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll chat about that a little bit further in. I mean, I'm probably not too far. Um, away from you, I'm sort of around that mid mark probably at the moment, and we're also joined by Mr. John Aldino. How are you, John? Ah, the because t- done. How you doing? Yeah, man, all good. The timing there, you you buffered a little bit and cut out just as I asked you that question, so I'll ask <laughs> it again. Yeah, are you good? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just kind of days until this is all over. Yeah, slugging away. I like that hoodie. What's the? Yeah, I was going to say that. What's the like? Does it say oh, super dry. It is super dry. Yeah, yeah, nice. Nice colours on that. Um, it looks good. And again, Thank if you. you're listening on Spotify, you won't be able to see the colours. <laughs> so, you know, what more reason do you need than to, uh, to head over to Twitch um, yeah. next week? So we've got um, midweek fixtures on um, and there is literally football every single day. I can't actually remember. I think last Friday, maybe there wasn't any significant games, but there was still like championship football and um, La Liga and stuff. But there is football on every single day at the moment. Um, we've had two early fixtures, Fulham being one of those, um, losing 2-0 at home to Leicester, and also Man City um, have reclaimed their spot at the top of the league by beating Burnley 2-0. Um, we've also got an early kickoff um, or a mid, sort of an early late kickoff uh, with, between Leeds and Everton. Uh, Everton have a 1-0 lead through uh, Filthy Sigurdsson. Um, and Aston Villa West Ham kicks off at eight fifteen, as does Liverpool versus Brighton. Um, so much football. Um, is it a is it a good thing? Because I know, like in the first lockdown and the first part of lockdown, when they did actually just like call it all off and sack it all off, we obviously were just like we were were sort of. Um, can't remember. I don't know what what's the word. I want to say fawning, but I don't think that is the word. Yeah, we were kind of, you know, we really, really missed it and couldn't wait for football to come back. I'm still, look, I'm still enjoying it, but it's, it is relentless at the moment. And I think um, if you perhaps support 
clubs and i think all three of us actually can be can probably attest to to being supporters of clubs that aren't necessarily killing it this season um it 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 does kind of just add to um it it can add to sort of a bad mood a bad atmosphere um in in your life or it sort of exacerbate things when there's not a lot going on um greg you talked about maybe like you know spurs being something that you could look forward to each week yeah man. at the moment it's 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 not there is it it's not there well exactly you hit the nail on the head really it's like football is sort of one of the only consistent things we can look forward to and when you can't even look forward to that it can only sort of and also you can't just like if your team have had a bad game in, in normal times you can just go to the pub with your mates or you're probably watching it at the pub and forget about it you're talking about the next thing it's so difficult in lockdown when you, you wait the whole day to watch that 90 minutes and then the 90 minutes is pretty shit football in my case um that's all you're thinking about that's all you're thinking about is i think it's difficult for people for sure yeah so spurs i guess since the last show they've played twice is that right played i think so yeah since the last time i came on i think um there's been quite a few games yeah so obviously you played liverpool last thursday um mm. i think that was 3-1 in 3-1 the yeah 3-1 yeah, um Brighton, obviously, on uh, on Sunday, I think it was, uh, losing mm. 1-0 down there at the Amex. Um, yeah. yeah, it's all kind of gone a bit wrong for Mourinho. I, I, I don't know whether... It's hard to tell whether we're kind of witnessing another Mourinho breakdown and, and um, you know, the parting ways between Mourinho and, and another squad or whether it's just a blip in... a natural blip in form... Um, I think it's really difficult when a Mourinho team does start underperforming to not go, oh well, you know, this is the, we've seen this before. This is Mourinho sort of like edging his way out in the in the sort of second to third season. Right. Um, but yeah, John John Aldinho, what's your <clears> thoughts <throat> on on where Spurs are at at the moment? Obviously, the, the Harry Kane injury seems as significant as maybe the the Van Dyke injury for Liverpool. Um, even even potentially even more significant really because they do seem to be kind of firing blanks um a little bit up front at the moment but yeah what's your thoughts on that kind of Mourinho um effect as a Chelsea fan you know what's your thoughts on that well having lived through two Mourinho eras um it it's difficult it's difficult because you go through it thinking like the football's so bad and you're not getting results. Why, why, why is he melting down? Why is he being so, like, the complete opposite to what he was in the first year and a half? And it's just like, what is, what's your problem? Um, I think injuries haven't helped Spurs. Um, some of the players that you guys have got in haven't helped. Um, you know, honestly, notably Bale. I mean, it's, it's great to have someone like in the locker room but is he is he the person that you guys needed probably not um no. i know you guys needed need another center back which you know rodon looks amazing but he, he's still young and he still you know he still has that little little you know he, he um he can turn off at certain times which is not what you want you, you, you do need like especially if you have dyer as your main centre back, you need someone who's actually a bit more, a bit better than him. Mm, um, yeah, and it's it's difficult in being being Tottenham and having Daniel Levy as your 
to chairman, it's it's really difficult to to expect certain transfers to come in. And knowing Mourinho's history, he's always going to make it difficult with the higher up, you know, with Abramovich, with uh, I forget um, Perez. Uh, is it Perez? Yeah, yeah, I think Florentino you're right. Perez. Florentino Perez. And then now he's with Levy, apparently this week. Oh, wow. he's, he's just not getting what he wants. So he's taking out on on your club and it sucks. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think that there's like a, a myriad of issues going on within Spurs. And I think that, you know, we all got very excited when we were at the top of the league and we got very excited with Bale coming back way back when. But I think that if you do look back and connect the dots, you can see the cracks starting to show. I mean, Levy brought in... Levy did very well from the Amazon documentary as well. We mustn't forget that. That came out that year. Levy brought Mourinho in so that he wouldn't have to spend on a rebuild. I mean, if you remember the interviews with Poch going back, Poch was screaming for a rebuild. He was saying, look, it's all well and good having a great house, but if you haven't got the furniture to fill it, it you can't do anything. Poch was not supported throughout his time. I don't. Th- I, I think there was, there's three transfer windows where he spent nothing. I think there was like a net spend of mm. 10 million, things like that. And Mourinho, the, the purpose of bringing him in is that, right, okay, this is the manager that with this squad can instill that winning mentality and do it. And I think you look at the players as well. We went with mentality rather than actual performance and talent and any other reason with that. You know, Bale, I mean, I love the guy. I'll always defend him. But it's such an obvious PR move. I mean, I think I was saying in the group chat with you lads, if you put Bale's wages for this year that will have him against the shirt sales that you'll have got in this year, if you're Daniel Levy, you're thinking, oh, okay, cool, it's worth the expense of paying 300k a week. Um, he's just not... I mean, I think that I stand by it. I think that the, the night is still young for Bale. I think he can have a few moments in the Spurs shirt, but he doesn't stay beyond this season. We don't renew his loan. Why would we? Um, I, th- I think that definitely... Uh, and the Joe Hart signing, I mean, he was a free agent, of course, but you look at, we've got so many cheerleaders in our dressing room, which is great. And that's cool. Sometimes you need a few of those, but fuck me, you look at how much we're we're paying them. You look at what that, what that money could have gone towards. Joe Roden, you're absolutely right. He's going to be great and he's brilliant for Wales. He's, he plays with such confidence, but he needs a, a partner. He needs to, uh, he needs a sort of Van Dyke character to play off of and to lead that back line. Eric Dyer isn't that man. Alderweireld probably was a couple of years ago, but he's looking knackered. I think he's he's prone to making a few mistakes. Played did brilliantly against Brighton in that uh, diving uh, block. But apart from that, I mean, is the and this is what I mean. We're now seeing it because the results aren't coming in. The the kind of football we're playing is consistent, and it was fine when we were getting results and doing well. But now that we're not getting results, now we're all sort of realizing, oh, okay. This is an issue here, and a lot, a lot of the conversation in the Spurs community is, is you know, the, the crisis word is going around a little bit because it's like if if Mourinho doesn't deliver and Mourinho goes, where does that leave us? And I, I see Tottenham falling off a massive cliff after this era of management, if you want to call it that. So what what happens if you win something like the League Cup, but come out of the top four? Like, how would you feel? I, I mean, I definitely think that it's great to win a trophy and we'll all love that. Don't get me wrong. I'll be buying Carabao energy drinks for the next <laughs> 10 years. But, and I think that it gives Mourinho money in the bank because Levy wants trophies for this club. You know, he's, he's made a point of it. 
But I think anything other than if we don't get any European football at the end of this season, despite a Carabao Cup, I think it's difficult for Mourinho. But I think that the Carabao Cup win, I think, Dan, you made the point that he's very lucky that that's happening in in May instead Mm. of the usual February. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is a great point. But yeah, for me, I mean, we need to, we can be and we should be a European team that shouldn't even be a conversation point whether it's Champions League or Europa League doesn't really particularly bother me really but we need to be in a European conversation and if we aren't we need to really look at why we're not why we're not yeah I mean there's certainly it it is that fine line between Spurs being a business and Spurs being a a football club with ambition to to win things Um, and I think that's probably the difference between say Abramovich and Levy is that Abramovich, his actual business um, things are, 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 as far as I know, I don't know whether he's still actually even an active active businessman or oligarch, whatever you want to call it. But you know, his business interests aren't in the UK; they're in Russia and and the Ukraine. I'm not I'm not even 100 percent sure on was his iron ore or titanium or something. I don't know what his um. Uh, yeah, I'm not, net worth. I know it's, it's within some sort of um, uh, commodities. Um, whereas I feel like Daniel Levy, his business interest and his business, you know, and the and the money that he's interested in is Spurs as the, they are the business. You know, it's not yeah. the and it's not and it's the same with City. You've got the Abu Dhabi Investment Group um, that are literally that they're an investment group, so they've got fingers in pies all over the world and then they've got Melbourne City FC, New York City FC, Mumbai City FC. Um, you know, it's this big multinational conglomerate thing that that is funding it. Whereas Spurs literally is like a local company in North London that mm. that are that are like doing their thing and, and and it is quite incredible that they have that they are on you know that they are competing for the Champions League or they got to the Champions League final and, and they're still a major player in the Premier League, you know. Um when you look at what they're up against, it is incredible. And 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 you know, Daniel Levy is is one of probably the best chairman in the league. Uh John Miller's gonna join us here. Um but, but I, I all of that like but such all a, of that yeah. Carry on. Carry no, on. you go, you go, you go. It troubles me because it's like we are a, a brilliant, brilliant business. We're not acting like a brilliant brilliant football club and the ambition doesn't look like we want to be a brilliant brilliant football club because you look at the amazon documentary yeah we did brilliantly levi looks like an uh, levi looks like an absolute don in that incredible our actual owner he's the chairman our actual owner's swanning about in the bahamas living on a yacht he don't give a Mm. fuck about it the enic group whatever they're called they don't actually care they don't want to spend big big bucks on any players and it's worrying because we're we're We've been so blessed with some brilliant players like Gareth Bale in his prime, Harry Kane, Homin Sun. Harry Kane, I can see leaving at this at the end of this season. I wouldn't blame him. Um, you look at the money we got for Bale. That's a prime example. We got a hundred million for him. Where the fuck are the players that we spent on him? Eric Lamella. That's who's left. Mm. And he, he's a waste of a shirt when he comes on. Yeah, he has his moments, and he did the Rabona, and it's brilliant. But I, when I was watching the Brighton game, bringing it back to that. I watched John walked in with a smile on his face. <laughs> when I was watching the Brighton game, I made a list of eight players that I could see leave in the summer and not feel a flick of emotion. 
over the, and they're all players that have been there for you know the documentary made a point they've all been there for five six years they're, they're, they're comfortable they're, they're comfortable they're waste of a shirt when they're on the pitch when we went one, one nil down to Brighton I didn't see a scoring I didn't see anything coming on Vinny who we got in to be a replacement for Kane when he gets his 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 annual injury didn't even start the game annual injury it's, just, it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand. Vinny's another point. There's a 46 million loan to buy clause on him. He's not staying. We're not spending 46 million on him. He hasn't been given a chance to be worth 46 million. It's interesting though, because when when Dan was bringing up the business, the owners is Tottenham is actually a bit is how do I say this? So Tottenham have. Have Levy, who is only company to my knowledge, is Tottenham, and we have Abramovich, who has other businesses. We have um, Sheikh Mansur, who has other businesses, and then you have someone like Kroenke, who has other businesses, but does not care about Arsenal. So it's at at the Emirates, you have like the flip side, which is which is really really weird. Um, and it must be interesting being an Arsenal fan, knowing that your your club, your club's finances are being sucked by this American, and you're not you're not putting the money back in. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Jonathan? Oh, we can't hear you. <laughs> can't hear him. <laughs> He's just connecting audio. Some technical issues. Ruined my segue. <laughs> oh, you still can't hear him. All right. Uh, yeah. Is that any better? Is that better? Oh, there we go. Yeah, you're in. I'm back. You're I'm in. back. I'm back. <laughs> Good segue, John. Good segue. So, sorry, I'm late. Um, yeah. No, it is. It is. I mean, I, I think the difference with Arsenal is it's not like when Conkeys came in that we were like Chelsea before or United before, and then he's come in, and then we're now not. Even before he came in, we were never really like big spenders it was always I don't know whether they just were addicted to it and they found a little niche and just was doing it but it was always I mean who had heard of Robert Perez Freddie Lundberg before they came to Arsenal you know it was always trying to find a gem trying to find somebody there probably one of the biggest names that we got um over that sort of sort of era um before Cronkid came was like Burkett but like he was quite known mm. um you know the rest really not not really, you know, Sharvin, maybe Reyes was doing a few bits, but, you know, that, that's why I think, I think people, I think the reason why Arsenal fans are a bit annoyed because they're like, okay, now we do have money. You've, you know, second largest stadium. I'm not sure if Tottenham's overtaken it now. I can't remember what the capacity of Tottenham's is. 62,000? Yes, I think Arsenal's still the second. Second largest stadium in the Premier League, um, 65,000. Um, you know, we, we did all this and Conky came in so that we could compete with, by Munich, not lose 10-2 on aggregate. So I think that's where it was. It was like, if they didn't say all that, if they were like, yeah, we need to move to a stadium, just, you know, it's too small, you know, regulations, etc. you know, not, oh, this is going to put us on the map. I think Arsenal fans would kind of, they wouldn't, they'd have less to moan about because we were never buying the most expensive player. They were always going to United and then they were going to Chelsea and now they're going to City. We were always getting maybe the fourth or the fifth um, and then trying to make it work. Um but then they said, no, 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 we're going to compete. Um, and, and we were sold a dream by 
<laughs> Cronky and stuff. So yeah, and when you hear the figures at how they're all getting loads of money and he's just chucking loads of money out and we have to sell players to buy players, it's like what? Like, what is going on? Mm. Um, but yeah, the owners and stuff they 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 have a massive massive impact on clubs. Really, they own the club, but and the decisions they make, like Levy and and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Danny Rose. I don't know why they don't just let him go. I'm not sure what that situation yeah. is with him. Well, I, I mean, Deli Ali didn't go because it, it was all ready to be signed, but we wanted a replacement for him. You want a replacement for someone that's sitting at home, mate? Give me a ring. Like I, I'm filling the same role on that pitch as Deli Ali is at the moment. And then you got Jose Mourinho coming out in press conference today saying, "Oh, we've had a talk, and you know, we seem to be we've found some common ground." It's like. Uh, it, it, it's ridiculous. There's a lot of crack showing, and I think that this season will really be pivotal in if we come out of it with something or not. But I think what was interesting was the amount of pundits on the, the free stream of the Sky Sports that they did of the transfer dead, deadline. When you don't have Sky, you got you got to take what you can get. Um, uh, they um, people the amount of pundits and people that were coming out in support of Deli Ali saying mm. I mean Harry Redknapp was, was class and like he was yep. as always and he was like get him on the pitch you mean to tell me like you know he was one of your best players you know he's got he's in the England team you know he was in the team that got you to a Champions League final you know mm. what's the deal like what why is he not playing and mm. you're and you're not like you know your, your your form is up and down your fans are talking about you know playing attractive football and you've got a talented player like that just not playing well, we're we're lacking any attack attacking intent on the pitch, and Deli Ali brings that. I mean, one of the things that I like Deli Ali for is that he he's not afraid to make a mistake. If he runs into a position and he gets tackled, loses the ball, he doesn't care. We'll pick it up and do it again. But we need that. Like we've got, we're just lacking that attacking presence. And I think that the problem is that at the beginning of the season we were doing very well and scoring lots of goals. And yeah, Harry Kane, son. I think that you can look at it and say. United didn't have a preseason much when we played them. City, Miss Aguero didn't really have much of a preseason. Arsenal were going through their period. It's a different story now. Everyone's been everyone's been playing games, and we were saying at the beginning at such a tempo, we're gonna be found out. And you know, I mean, praise Son all you can, but in the last couple of games he's gone missing. Really, I mean, I've not really seen much apart from the disallowed goal at Liverpool. I've not really seen much from him. And if we've not got Harry Kane on the pitch for injury and Son's not performing, I don't see where the goals are coming from, if I'm honest. I, yeah, what's going on with Bell? What's going on with Bell? What happened? What happened to him? Yeah, man. Bell, oh, man. To he Bell. seems to be just like overplay. Like, it feels to me like he's just done with football. Like yeah. He's just resigned to the fact that... And I know that was that was the big argument when he was at Real Madrid is that he was he was he you know cared more about playing golf mm. and maybe playing for Wales and stuff like that. But I just don't see the desire there from him and and For sure. it's kind of the same with Deli Ali not not the quite the same circumstances but i feel like he just looks like he's emasculated like he doesn't have the same he's lost his like spark and his pep and his 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 passion for the game and and that cuz he had quite like a a bad boy kind of streak mm, yeah yeah, yeah um but i i do wonder like whether the documentary when it came out and i and I, I to be honest i'll admit i haven't watched it from start to finish but i watched probably about two-thirds of it and i know that most people when they watch something they watched first few episodes and and then they might not finish it but like the um quite early on in that documentary you've got 
Mourinho sort of like candidly like watching Deli Alley and going, oh, he's fucking lazy. Like this guy's lazy. Like he needs to, you know, he needs to up his game. And and then they and I know like in the documentary, it's good because they kind of really humanize him as as a you know as a player. It really humanizes him that that he's he's got these layers and emotion. But actually, once you put that out in the public sphere. Mm. you don't have any he's not got any character to you can't then pretend to be a bad boy when you've mm. been basically seen like in Mourinho's office like basically breaking down or like admitting that you think you're shit and that you have bad days and, and stuff like that you know what I mean like it's like he's lost his mask mojo. that he could put on yeah mojo but he's lost that like bad boy image like we see him as a frail or not frail but like as a a human now with feelings and emotions and frailties and feelings and um and I think that's that's got to be a massive part of this is that Ali I think just doesn't really maybe believe in himself anymore mm. um mm. and then that's I think very- I think I think the lack of um fans and stadiums is a massive impact for him yeah I think, because a, a lot of the Tottenham fan base crying out for Deli Ali to be on the pitch and we all yeah, saying yeah. how much we love him and stuff I and mean, even when we I think there was fans at a Europa game when he played and they're all singing his name all things like that so and he says in the documentary how aware he is of social media and all of that yeah. and it's like I, I imagine it's difficult for him but also you have to put a little bit of trust in Mourinho in that he's dropped him a little bit for he hadn't been playing brilliantly this season, mm. which I get, but to drop him completely, especially when we need a player of his qualities, you could say, I mean, put, put, you, you've been in management for long enough now, you should be able to deal with these kind of players or any kind of, kind of player or have a measure of what to do with these kind of players. And you've been working with him specifically for 15 months now, you should be able to say something to light a fire on his under his ass and say, Look, you go out and win this game, oh, you're a fucking hero, mate. I don't know, it, but you don't give him that option by leaving him at home. Yeah, I, I just I wonder if there's like a the longer that Mourinho's been a manager, and I'd even say that his own kids, the older his own kids have gotten, I think maybe his his attitudes to people and his attitudes to how he is because obviously he was pretty ruthless in his early days as a manager. If you didn't want someone, they're out. They were out the door. Like mm. you know, there's no question about it. Whereas, it feels very much like the old Mourinho would have just sold Deli Ali or just like he would have been gone in, in like two months or whenever the first transfer window was when he yeah. came in. Whereas the older sort of softer Mourinho that we see, and particularly you know when he wasn't a manager during that spell where he wasn't a manager in the last gap between United and, and Spurs. Did he, he didn't manage in between then, did he? No. But he did a lot of media work. He did a lot he did adverts. It was all self depreciating, yeah. like very mm. much playing up to like the character of Mourinho. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I just feel like he is a little bit softer as an individual and, and I think there's a bit of um a conflict probably in his own head with wanting to be a bit of a father figure to Delhi. But also the ruthless Mourinho in the back of his head going, well, you know, he's not good enough. He's, he doesn't fit with what I think Spurs should be playing like, or or how I think a Mourinho team should be playing. Mm. Um, which probably I I think if you ask Mourinho like, what's your ideal team? He would still want that sort of Inter Milan team that he had, that, which was just a 
a ruthless team of just like experienced bastards that were just out there, just hard to play against, great defending. And Spurs don't just, across the board just not really that. Um, exactly, yeah. And for then sure. you, add, you add into that the the level of the Premier League across the board. And these teams, like you say, now they're playing. Now they're in their stride. Man City, Liverpool, sure, Arsenal. On, you know, on a good day when David Lewis and, and Leno are not doing madnesses over the, <laughs> over the pitch. But like, it's just, that's a it's a tough job, man. And and yeah, we've have, won two two games in our last ten. Yeah, which is that's which is sackable you know, form. Anyone that, else? Yeah. Anyone else? At any other club? That's sackable form. Yeah, I, I got sacked for that. <laughs> no, I will say. Yeah. I will say. We're kind of. All over the place at the moment, aren't we? I will say, like, everyone seems to be doing it. Like, Wolves have just come off their, what, seven, eight um, game unbeaten, un- losing streak, yep. you know. Um, um, Arsenal, I hope we don't go on another one, but we had ours, you know, at the beginning of the season, Man United, they're talking about, you know, I've got so many Oli at the wheel memes. Mm. You know, it just seems like everyone's just taking their turn just because I don't know why, whether it's COVID, no fans, but it's just everyone's just having their turn. Yeah, um, I agree. I think, I don't know. I, I still think there is something special about Mourinho. I don't know whether Tottenham's the right fit, but I do think that there is something special about about him. But I just think, I think, I, I, I think with this with Chelsea as well, I think maybe patience might be key. Like, and this is coming from the person who's saying Arteta out. Oh, we lost John. I know. Sick. That's why it's still so close. Like mm. even City, City never ever had had a, a losing streak, but they weren't. They were picking up some draws earlier on in the season, weren't they? They were drawing a few games mm. here and there. Um, it was like, are they going to get a striker? Are they need to get a striker, and and slowly they've churned it out. So there's still twenty odd games to go for most teams. Wait, have I got that wrong? Calculated that wrong? About eighteen, yeah, seventeen 18, games yeah. to go for most teams. Um, I, I do. Think I this is kind of a write off season. I agree to an extent, but if, if you look at the manner in which we're, we're losing games and dropping points, and all that, look, there's no shame in losing to Liverpool, of course. But having a 1-0 lead against Wolves, against Fulham, against... Uh, there's other clubs. To, to look toothless against Brighton. We made Brighton look good. We look, made them look like Brian Barcelona. The way we play football is... You, you can look at and blame Mourinho, but I mean, I, I take the viewpoint of he's playing a, a tactics that just don't work with this team that we've got you've got ben davis you've got eric dyer you've got serge aurier that just does what he wants you've got harry winks who absolutely disappears in games and you bring on lucas mora who does fuck all with the ball you bring on eric lamella he, he has these players that he loves the attitude and he loves like the shithousery and stuff they've got nothing about them other than that we've got eric dyer who's a center-back that can't jump We've got Eric Lamella that holds the ball, tries to do something with it and loses it. That There's no intent with any of these players. And it, it's just getting more and more difficult to watch. Because, and this is sort of another point that got me with the Brighton game is that, to bring it around, around to my other point, people around the country are waiting to watch Tottenham play and they go out and they're toothless and they're spineless and they disappear. You've got people all around the country that, are watching them and wanting something good from that week for their own mental health. And you see the players not even putting up a fight. And then you see Jose in the post-match chatting absolute bollocks about how he had no complaints in the second half and the better team win. And I don't want to hear it. 
Like whether you're saying something in the press conferences and then something different in the changing room, that's fine. But be aware of the situation and who's watching the games and how they're feeling at the what you make them feel. Because football is about what it makes you feel just as much as any team wins anything. We're not feeling anything at the moment. And I'm not, I'm, I'm taking a break from football. As I said to you lads, I'm not going to watch it for a couple of weeks because it's just not any good for me at the moment. No, yeah. I hear that. I hear that. How Adam's Kane out for? Uh, he's, we're hoping that he's back for either the Everton or the Man City game next week, I think. When's the North London derby? Not sure. Mid-March? Uh, oh, he'll be back. He'll out. be back. In he'll time. be back, yeah. Lo Celso's out until March. He's, he's, for me, he's a world-class player. You get him back in. Lo Celso? Right. No, no. Yeah, well, he's quality as well. But Kane, you get Kane mm. back in. I think he just makes the team click. You have... Yeah. Um, there's players like that. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to complain, compare Kane to my under-12 striker at all. Right? <laughs> but it's funny, right? I've got, this, I've got this striker here called uh, Ewan. And when other coaches watched him play, they're like, some of them are like, oh, John, why do, why do you rate Ewan so much? Like, you know, I don't really... And when he's not in the team, we don't play the same. We just don't... It's just not the same chemistry. It just doesn't... Things don't work. You sub kids off for 20 minutes or whatever, or he's not available because whatever. You know, not, not the same. And when he's there, he's a top goal scorer. He's not... He hasn't got that much ability. He's not that messy. He just knows how to score goals. Like, he is literally like Harry Kane. Like, he, he, just, just, mm. he just scores goals, right? But he also... He just... I don't know. He makes other people play better just by him mm. being there. And I think that's, that's what Kane has. He just... When the team know they're going out there... And they've got Kane leading the line. I think it just gives them an extra 10%. And I think Spurs are so not dreadful, but they're such a different team mm. without him. It's not the same for Bamiang. I think Arsenal can play uh, the same way with or without Bamiang. Um, I think Kane is just so pivotal to the way they play. Mm. Similar to like Drogba. When, and it's like Marino, he has to have that kind of player playing up front for him. Like, they're the focal point of the team. Yeah, um, for sure. And when they're injured, I think he just struggles to find another way. Yep, no, I, I agree. And I, and I think that even if we didn't have Hoybier this season, I think we'd be even more fucked. Because I think he has got a presence and he, I like the way he speaks in post-match. I think he will be future captain of the club. Uh, certainly a better one that Hugo Lloris has been at the moment. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it all falls apart without Kane, which is a difficult position to be in. Hmm. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll park it there for, um, Spurs actually, well, quick predictions for it's Spurs, but it's Chelsea Spurs. I think tomorrow, I think it's at Stamford yeah. Bridge. Um, but yeah, predictions for that game come to you, John Aldinho first. I think it'll be 2-1 to Chelsea. 2-1 to Chelsea. John? I'm back in Spurs. I think Mourinho's very good when he goes back to his old, old clubs. He likes to rub, rub it in and do his little... And his little little moves. <laughs> so I'm going for um, I'm going for a two one Spurs win. And then Greg, will you be watching it for starters? No, two uh, 0 Chelsea. Two 0 Chelsea. Thomas Tuchel, obviously, it'll be his third game, I think, in charge or second. Third, third, isn't it? Third. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what's uh, your early thoughts? Just a quick summary, John Aldinho. What are you thinking about Tuchel so far? It's good. Um, in our past game. Pure domination against Burley. Um, they had one shot on target. We had a bunch of shots. Um, yeah, it was good. It was, it was nice. It was nice to see us winning and, and nice to see us 
actually have control over football and do something with it as opposed to just playing mm. backwards and sideways passes. So it, it's weird though, because it reminds me of Sorry Ball, but better. Um, and yeah, I'm not complaining. I don't know. We've done enough complaining today. So <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's only going to improve, isn't it, week, week to week as well, the more time he has yeah. with those players. Um, I think in it's training. interesting. Sorry, Dan. No, you it's interesting how managers come in, and I mean, I, I thought Alonso, I thought he retired or something. I didn't know where <laughs> Alonso was. I just haven't seen Alonso <laughs> like as he played a game. Was that his first game of the season or something? Like, I just haven't seen him. It's the second game, but in his first game, he played like twenty minutes. Or something. Yeah, it's just mad how he just comes in and he's just having an impact straight away. Yeah, you know, Hudson Odoi is pushing high. He's starting. He, he was never starting under Lampard, really, was he? Unless it was, you know, recently final cut. Um, or something, um, or League Cup. So yeah, it's it's mad how, you know, that he, he's come in and and you know he's everyone's doing it now. You watch, you know, the fullbacks are literally playing so high up the pitch. Mm. I think that's um, it, it was a, was a key feature that I noticed. It's a key position, isn't it? Yeah. There's talk of Callum Hudson Odoi maybe playing one of those um, wing back roles, dropping him deeper. He, he did right really? wing back yeah. against Burnley. It was mm. quality. Like, yeah. there's a clip where Sean Dyche was like, was talking to someone, and he's like, "Hey, switch on." He's like, "I don't know where the I don't know where the hell he is." <laughs> and then when when he took when um when we took off um onto the doy and a little brace and he was he was like, "Oh yes, thank you." He's going off, got tormented. I can't remember who it was, but it was so funny. So, there was um. Even I think yesterday, um, obviously looked like Luke Shaw's been brilliant in that position and, and he's kind of emerging as as the sort of I would say favorite at the moment for for the the England role at left back um but I think he got subbed off at half time yesterday in the 9-0 match and and Fred um dropped in sort of at that left wing back role um but yeah it's, it's very it is interesting to see how that you know it's almost like now, if you if you're a midfielder or you're you can be as an attacking player as you want, as long as you've got a bit of defending in you and and the ability to press more than actually to tackle. I mean, obviously, someone like Wan Bissaka, it's a different story. Like the guy is is just all about you know making challenges, making tackles. Um, but yeah, even you know Fred dropped in there, like you say, Callum Hudson Adoy's played there. Um, I do think you know that there's. Uh, if that is to become more of a kind of prominent role in in the Premier League, um, I'd like to see Ryan Sessegnon back in that position for for Spurs next season. Um, and he, he's been he's been doing all right. He's been doing all right out in Germany. I think he scored last week. So um, mm. hopefully, if you know if Mourinho is a long term thing with Spurs, that he he has Sess um, in his plans. Um, Greg, you've got the um, club challenge thing for us um yes how do you want to do it i think maybe we go um john aldino john and then me so if me and john take our headphones off Mm -hmm. um and then you do it to john aldino then give us give give us one thumbs up john will put his headphones back on you do it with john and then after that do it with me yeah Sounds I'll, good. I'll leave you to to do it. Lead, blimey. Cool. All right, cool. All right, John Ardinio, you know the score. Ten clubs. First thing, first player that comes to your head, okay? All right, let's get started. Newcastle United. Shearer. QPR. 
Anton Ferdinand. Leicester City. Le- uh, Vardy. Fulham. Um, Scott Parker. Bayern Munich. Uh, Ribery. Borussia Dortmund. Sancho. PSG. Neymar. Monaco. <laughs> I was going to say Mbappe, but he's left. But yeah, Mbappe. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Uh, Benfica, Fernandez, okay, and Porto. Porto, Paulo Ferreira. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John's not even watching. <laughs> He's doing something else. <laughs> He's watching last week's show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. You know the score. Ten clubs. Yeah. Tell me the first player that comes to your head as quick as you can. Right. Go. Newcastle United. Adel Shearer. QPR. Adel Tourette. Leicester City. Jamie Vardy. Fulham. Scott Parker. Bayern Munich. Uh, Robin. Borussia Dortmund. Um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. PSG. Mbappe. Monaco. Thierry Henry. Benfica. <laughs> Oh, David Luiz. And Porto. Jose Mourinho. Knee slides. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Okay, down the man back. I'm back. Okay, so 10 clubs. First player that comes to your head, mind. Newcastle United. <laughs> Alan Shearer. QPR. Adel Tarat. Le- <laughs> Leicester City. Jamie Vardy. Fulham. Tom Kearney. Bayern Munich. Yushua Kimmich. Bru- <laughs> Borussia Dortmund. Erling Haaland. PSG. Neymar. Monaco. James Rodriguez. Benfica. Uh, I don't even know if he actually plays, but Pizzi. And Porto. Uh, do you know what? It's... Bazingwa is the first guy that's come to my head with Porto. That's quality. Yeah, Bazingwa. And and Ricardo Cavallo also popped into mind, but yeah, nice. Right, how how similar were were our answers? Our first three were the same though. Basically, yeah. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shera, Vardy. Scott Parker for Fulham with the other lads. Parker. That's what I said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said Adel Tarat as well. That's why I laughed and then you said. Oh Tarat, yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep your <laughs> Beyond that, like Sean, Sean Derry, maybe was there for a bit. Um, Anton Ferdinand, Christopher Anton Ferdinand, yeah, yeah Ardenio. Kenny was it? Pad, Paddy Kenny, the goalie. He was there for a while, but um, Julian yeah, Cesar was there, right? He was. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah, Julia Cesar was. Uh, yeah, was it um, QPR for a little bit? Um, yeah, I like I like doing that. I think that's a fun thing. We should do that every week and just get generally more obscure with the clubs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is there a way to um, yeah add add competitiveness to it? It's, I'm not sure. It, yeah, yeah, what? How can we? Yeah. So I think to do that, you'd have to have almost like the pointless type. Yeah, I was going to say system that. where it's like name a, or you do the. Um, or on the flip side, you do what's it called, uh, like family fortunes, where it's like we ask fifty people to say like what's something you uh, <laughs> put on the kitchen countertop or something like that. Like, yeah. Um, 
but yeah we could do it we could do it that way like the top answer and then split into pairs and because it's a bit like all-star mr and mrs type thing that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's maybe the way that we do it actually that's a good idea is that we do split we have to tr- we have to split into two and we have to try and get the same answers as the other person on our team mm. that's that's a that's the way we do it by whiteboards yeah, Show them yeah on three. let's both put it down and um <laughs> oh yeah we've both got a delta at one point for john and Dan. that'd be fun <laughs> did you say yeah. who, who did you say for qpr then julia cesar no i said anton ferdinand okay yeah <laughs> did you did anyone watch that doc, the documentary that he did recently about the whole john terry incident no i, I need to it was on my yeah I, I really i need to watch it as well like it's probably it was a bbc thing wasn't it yeah, yeah so hopefully it's still on iplayer um but yeah i'd be very interested to see that um but uh yeah i think you know we'll probably leave the show here i think fairly i think we've done almost an hour anyway but um what was the the quick reaction to the nine nil result yesterday do you think you know as a manager can you lose nine nil twice and and i don't think there's any there's there's no conversation about hassan who going but you know to twice equal the worst loss in Premier League history and keep your job. I mean, he was a bit screwed over yesterday by the, the um, Yankovic, I think his name was, the guy that just absolutely oh, fucking took McTominay's yeah. leg worst off. Talent. Within like, what, 70 seconds or something? Yeah, but 80 seconds, yeah. I think, you know, that in a way probably saves a lot of criticism on, on Hasenhutl, but I don't know. It's 9-0 twice is, is, is ominous. To say we, yeah after four or five nil it's the fact that no one's saying right this stops now and we shut up yeah. shop yeah, it's that yeah, kind yeah. of thing isn't it yeah. yeah which is probably not it's probably in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not a coincidence that it has happened twice to a hassan hoot or southampton because mm. he probably has both times gone nah you know what like you guys got yourself into this you can just play out and i'm <laughs> not gonna tell you to shut up shop i think even in the last in the leicester game i seem to remember someone else Someone got sent off in that. I think it was Bertrand mm. got yeah. sent off in that yeah, game quite early so on. It's, again, it was a similar trajectory, um, but yeah, crazy result. And and certainly in terms of you know goal difference in a very close season, um, you know that's that's three three nil victories in in one game, isn't it? Like it's it's yeah. it's huge um, mm. down the line for for Man United if if it goes that way. Um, they're still actually I'm just looking at goal difference now. They're still seven um, behind Man City in terms of goal difference, which is mental. But I guess Spurs five, did five of those is us. Yeah, yeah Spurs did <laughs> yeah. put quite a few past them earlier in the season. Um, I think that was probably what had something to do with it. To be fair, I think they probably went in at half time. Yeah, and I'm not saying he necessarily brought up this first game, but he probably thought that didn't do us any favors. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he thought, listen, that that first game didn't do us any favors. They've got you know ten men at that point. Um, you know, let's let's go for the throat. Let's see how much more we can get. Turn that around because he said it after the game. He said how important goal difference can be at the end of the season. And obviously, Man United they lost that they've lost the league on goal difference. Mm. Chelsea was it? Mm. Um, so City wasn't it? Was no, they beat. Wasn't us. It was I think it was, it was City. City. Yeah, that, City, that Aguero, yeah. that moment. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he, pro- he he probably did have that in mind. That that Spurs that Spurs game in mind. It's, I feel bad for Southampton because they played two ruthless teams. I think if they were yeah. playing Arsenal, the score would have stayed the same. Like they would have yeah, just passed yeah. them to death. 
um, you know, uh, sort of thing. And it, you know, maybe even City. I mean, you look at City today. You know, they scored two goals and then they just, you know, just killed the game by just passing, chill, take their foot off the gas. Mm. But I just think Fernandez is just cutting him open like it's ridiculous. And obviously, you're playing, you know, getting a, a, a player sent off and you've got Madison and Vardy up against you. Yeah, it's going to be a hard, 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 hard road. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think uh, Cavani as well is is. I know I I sort of probably sing his praises more than more than anyone on 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 this show, but um, you know he has developed into a very very good player for them now, and I think he has to start if Man United want to challenge for that league title. I think Cavani starts every game. That seemed to be one of the arguments yesterday that they were they were making on um on BT is that. You know why does he sit on the bench for some games? He's cl- he's clearly like a world class player still, one of the best strikers that that sort of we've had in in European football for a, for a while. So um, yeah, we'll leave we'll leave the show there. Um, we'll be back same time um, next week. If you listened on Spotify, obviously thank you very much. Give the show a follow on there, but also check us out on Twitch um, and YouTube as well. Um, John Ardino, John Greg, um, hope you have. A great rest of the week. We're quite close to the weekend now. Bins are tomorrow for me. It's Thursday. Around where I live, it's the bins come, they get collected, and then it feels like the weekend. Um, we can uh, start a nice weekend on a Thursday. Um, but, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Um, as ever, thanks for watching. Um, and, yeah, let's go, uh, let's go Spurs. <laughs>